Hey there, hey there, hey there. Welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. My name is Lauren. Thank you so much for being here today. I am very excited to share this special interview with you today. I am talking with Lana Hernandez about limiting beliefs. So we are walking through the most common limiting beliefs that pop up as we think about becoming podcast managers, as we take the leap, as we get started, as we land those first clients, we are talking about all those steps along the way and what might pop up for you and how to get past those limiting beliefs. Lana is a mindset empowerment coach whose mission is to support her clients in navigating and pushing through with their blocks so they feel worthy to have every single one of their dreams. And oh, you can feel that in this episode. She was just a treat to interview, and I'm excited because you get to sit in on this conversation with us. So without further ado, let's go chat with Lana. Hey there. I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Lana, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I've been getting so many requests to interview a mindset coach to talk more about mindset. And so we're going to be diving into some really great, a great conversation about limiting beliefs and uh, different mindset issues that come up when you're a service provider or launching a service-based business. That's my jam. I'm ready. Let's roll. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just start off with, tell us a little bit about yourself. We love to hear, um, you know, who the person is behind the voice. Yeah. So again, my name is Lana Hernandez. Um, I am a mindset coach. The question I always get is, how did you become a mindset coach? (laughs) Well, I'll say this. I'm a mindset and empowerment coach because the empowerment part is very important as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that I've always been a mindset coach or motivator. Even in the third grade, I got voted most trustworthy because everybody was coming to me with their secrets and, you know, for motivation. And, you know, just because I'm, you know, I'm listening and I'm always in your corner without judgment. Um, And so it just kind of lended itself to becoming a mindset empowerment coach because it's what I do in my day-to-day life. As well as, you know, as an entrepreneur, we all know this, the toughest part is the mindset. And so as I've come to, you know, try to learn as much about it as I can and try to get through my own mindset blocks and issues and limits and, um, you know, all the bullshit that comes along (laughs) with just life, it lights me up to be able to be there for my clients, to listen to them, to truly listen to them because, you know, like having a good intuition and I'm very intuitive having that good intuition to just listen to them Mm -hmm. and hear more than what it is that they're saying. And just to make them feel like there is nothing that they can't do. Like they are capable of everything. They just have to drop the limits that they have on themselves to be able to do it. Um, And so that's what lights me up. And I kind of got here just naturally. It just kind of happened. I've been in corporate America for 20 plus years. I know I look young, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You do look very young. (laughs) And so I've always been the mindset person. I've been the relationship builder. I've been the team player, whatever you want to call it. It's all been the mindset coaching. And so it just naturally lended itself to what I do as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So when you first heard of a mindset coach, did what was that moment for you where you like what this actually exists like I can do this as a job or how did how did that moment happen yeah so funny story is I started with saying oh I want to be a VA Mm -hmm. and I had to do my own mindset coaching to realize that that was just me playing it safe Mm -hmm. because it seemed like something that you know I wouldn't have to stretch myself to do. It was always a support role because I am a support like I love being the support for people um and so when I figured out that mindset coaching was a thing, it was like, light bulb, what? 
Yeah. I can do this like and get paid for it and actually help people. And, you know, it just was, it was amazing to know that that's something that people need more than anything, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, that people need it because they keep coming to you, but to see that people are actually proactively looking for that, that was kind of inspiring too. like to see that, you know, people really do need this and they're looking for it. They're searching for this support. That was inspiring. That was motivation for me to kick it in gear and be like, okay, God gave me this gift. Let's use it. Mm -hmm, For sure. And I think a lot of us know this, but, you know, building a business, you know, you can get tactics and you can grow a business, but so much of it is like a personal journey, a personal development journey. And and the downside of that is like, like you're saying, these limits that we most oftentimes unintentionally are putting on ourselves. but it's beautiful getting through that. A lot of it is not us putting it upon ourselves. A lot of it is we've been groomed to be this person, Mm. you know, like our parents, society, you know, the patriarchy for women, like there have been so many people in our lives as we've grown into adults that have groomed us to be who we are and to have these limits, you know, Mm -hmm. like you think about money limits and you think about, you know, scarcity and all of these things that you've seen and watched them and taught and been told, they shape who you are. And so I will say, yes, there are some limits that we put upon ourselves, but a lot of that is learned. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of retraining your brain to say, you know what, I don't have to do that just because my mom told me. <laughs> doesn't mean that that's what it has to be in reality. Like for me, I get to choose. And so that choice, having that choice, always having that choice is the most important part because we give that choice over to other people so many times, to our husbands, to our children, to our everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. our boss, to all these people, we give them our choice, but we get to take that back and say, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the dishes anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I don't need to. And and not and not doing the dishes doesn't mean that I'm not a great mother. I'm not a great wife. I'm not a great whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. It just means that I don't want to do the dishes. I mean, like quite honestly, that's all it means. Mm-hmm. I want to spend my time doing other things. And there are people who love doing dishes. Let me pay them. Or how about I talk to my spouse and let's make it something that we both do so we can both hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We could just share, we could yeah, share we the could hate. We have a shared hate of something and that will be something we have in common. But like just these things that we've been taught and trained to be and do and see, I love to watch people like break those down and just, that's not who I have to be. That's not what I have to do. I literally get to be whoever it is that I choose to be. And each moment that these things keep rearing their head, I can say, nope, that's not for me. And it feels amazing. Like, you know, just to watch somebody embody that, it's an amazing feeling, if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think like the business world, it just shows you how much of this, the stuff that is really great for your business, breaking down these, these mindset issues is great for your business, right? But it just it just seeps into your personal life in such a great way. Your eyes are open to, wow, yeah, I don't have to be this person or I don't have to, um, you know, allow people to break down boundaries in my personal life that I don't want to or it just it it just affects everything. It does. It's like business and life. Mm -hmm. They are so interconnected. You know, if you're stressed out in life, you're going to be stressed out in business and vice versa. So, you know, it all kind of coexists at the same time. And in business, a lot of the like, am I worthy for this stuff? You know, a lot of that imposter, I don't even like the words imposter syndrome. It kind of has become like so cliche, but just seeing other people doing what it is that you think you want to do and feeling like you aren't worthy of that same thing, or you're not ready, readiness, worthiness. Yeah. You'll never be ready. Ready is a fake word. Think about having children. Are you ever really ready for a kid? (laughs) Right. I'm going to say no. Yeah. (laughs) I have two of them and I thought I was really ready until they got here. And I was like, what did I do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Readiness is fake. And even just like going back to even like childhood, it's like, were you ready to go to high school? No. But did you have to go anyway? Yes. You didn't have a choice. (laughs) It was that that time. And many people are like, I wish I could go back to high school. (laughs) So I think like many major moments that we have in life, we don't give credit to as like, we just push through it because that's natural. 
and we make things associated with money, anything associated with money, we start to put limits upon ourselves and we think about, am I ready? Am I perfect? Am I, you know, do I have the systems all set? Do I have everything in order to make this money? But you can make money doing nothing. There are people out there panhandling, making money. They're not doing anything. There are Kardashians out here doing absolutely nothing but being themselves and making millions. So when you think about it in those terms, you stop putting that pressure on yourself to be perfect in order to make money because you never have to be perfect to make money. You just have to be you. Yeah, for sure. One of my mentors in the business world, she showed up so authentically and so in authentic, you know, what does that even mean? But she show she showed up, you know, what you would consider just so messy. And I thought, wow, if she can make an impact, you know, she was just a mess and in, in a beautiful, great way is making a huge impact. That was so empowering to me because, you know, we see all these like perfect moms and on Instagram, that's, you know, that's my world. Moms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, that's, that's not who I am. And so now I'm trying, I try to embody that. Like each time I show up without makeup, which I hardly ever wear makeup right now, each time I show up without makeup, it's like, I'm giving someone else permission to like, Hey, you, you can do this better than I am if you want, or you can, I feel like just showing up gives people permission to also show up. Cause people are looking for connection. Mm-hmm. Like the one thing I always implore on people is do not remove the humanity from your business because that's what people are looking for. Yeah. They are looking for a bit like they can hire big corporations to do these things. There are many big corporations that don't exude humanity that they don't connect with, but that's not what anybody is really looking for. Right. Big companies yeah. go along with big companies most of the time. Right. And there's a reason for that. But in this industry, in this service provider, entrepreneurship world, mm-hmm. people are looking for connection. Like you'll find somebody who doesn't like, okay, I met somebody and they were like, you know, I love your vibe. What do you do? And then she became one of my clients. I didn't even tell her what she, what I did. She just loved my vibe because we mm. connected. And yeah. a lot of it is just that connection. Yeah. It's that community. Right. It's just like, I, I just like you. I want to hang out with you. You clearly have something to offer. And too, like when we can identify what it is that I can offer, people want to work with you. So you, it's like you need to put something, yes. you need to create some sort of offer because people want to work with you. So that's an interesting. Yes. And this is another like buzzword that you hear all the time, like clarity. Oh, I have to have clarity. Yeah. Because I say it myself. Clarity is also a false narrative. You gain clarity with doing the work. Mm. And the more you do it, the more clarity that you gain, the more you can niche because or niche or have you, because <laughs> Lord knows I've never been able to say that word. What is it? <laughs> Yeah. Either way, <laughs> whatever the way. you do it, the more that you become clear on what it is that you do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, in everything that you do, you never start out being an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. And like in the podcast management space, it's like a lot of this is still a new place to be. It's still a new term. And so I love that because it's like, oh, I can just take this term and run with it. And that's what I did when I was really a, mainly a podcast manager. But even now, like my students will say like, hey, someone wants me to come on their show to talk about podcasting. And they've only been doing this for two months and they just do it. They just go on the show and talk about it because they know they know what it is now. And I just love those moments because it's like, oh, you're just really stepping into that uncertainty and that, you know, sometimes they're like, I don't even know what to call myself at times, like whatever. And it's fine. They just, they take those opportunities regardless if they have the clarity and stuff. And I, I just love when that happens. It's learning on the job. Mm-hmm. It is, it's learning on the job. And for those of us who've had corporate jobs, and we go into entrepreneurship, we always think like, you know, we have to be so perfect because in our corporate world, you know, you have to be this, but it's not true. Every new job you get, you learn on the job. You don't go to any new job knowing exactly what it is that they want from you. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have the skills, just like you have the skills as a podcast manager. You've got the skills, mm-hmm. but as you do it more, the better you get at it, just like with any job and the more you'll get paid at it. And the more clear you'll be on what it is that I offer and the more strategies that you create and the more creative you can become like all mm. of those things come with doing, but you're learning on the job and that's okay. That's perfect. 
Mm-hmm. That's perfect. As perfect as you need to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get more perfect than that. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on courage or this idea of like having enough courage to do something or having enough confidence to do something. Like, do we need to be confident before we start something new? Oh, that's such a tricky question. Um, I'm going to say yes. And let me tell you why. If you don't believe it, nobody else will. So if I go in and I say, I'm just a beginning podcast manager, would you want to hire me? Right. Right. Unless I'm looking for somebody super cheap. And I mean, you don't even really want to be that cheap. You know what I mean? So but if you say I'm a podcast manager, you believe it. And it's not really the, so the courage is there, right? You're being Mm -hmm. courageous in that you're stepping out with fear because that fear is there. And the fear is such a good thing. Fear is a good thing. It's our body's responses to something that's not comfortable, right? And as you learn, you want to step out of your comfort zone. So I always ask my clients to change that fear. It's not fear, it's anticipation. Stop saying I'm mm-hmm. a and start saying I'm anticipating something new, whatever that new thing is, it's the anticipation. So yes, there is courage involved, but there's also believing that you are this thing and teaching people how to treat you. So mm-hmm. like if I am a podcast manager, I am that right now. I don't need a certification. All of that stuff is great. It's the learning on the job, right? It's mm-hmm. learning on the job. But right now, as of today, I'm not a beginning. I'm not a, I need to do this. I'm not, you know, it's, I am today a podcast manager. And when you believe it, other people will too. When you exude the fact that I have this, it's in me, I got it. Then other people believe it too. And so, yes, it, it, there's courage involved in not allowing the fear to control you and mm-hmm. in not allowing doubts to lead. And to being that confident person to say, yes, this is who I am. Am I perfect at it? No, but I don't think any person on the planet is. Right. But I can do a damn good job. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So then if someone that's listening is sitting on that edge where they have the skills and they're wondering, you know, am I ready to call myself a podcast manager? Because actually someone just asked a couple of weeks ago in my Facebook group, hey, how soon after you learning the skills were you ready to call yourself a podcast manager? And I'm the type, I can jump in pretty easily into something. Uh, I think I've quote unquote failed enough that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm fine failing. But that's not the case for everyone, right? So if they're sitting on that edge and they're like, in their head, they're like, okay, logically, I know I have the skills. But I feel that fear. What would your advice be for them to get the the confidence or whatever it is to start calling themselves a podcast manager tomorrow? To just do it. And I know that's a shitty thing to say because nobody wants to hear that. But lean into the fear. Mm. Lean into the fear. Because on the other side, so I always give this analogy of a roller coaster. And that's where I get the anticipation from as opposed to the fear. Because there are people who absolutely love roller coasters, right? But the anticipation is what they love. And that's really just fear, right? Because Mm -hmm. taking up click, 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 I get to the top. And then there's joy on the other side. I get to put my hands up and ride. But on that journey, each click, that first click is me saying I'm a podcast manager. That second click is telling other people, like I'm telling myself, I'm a podcast manager. That's it. Second click, I'm telling other people. Third click, I'm getting clients. Fourth click, I'm learning more and more. Like, I don't even know what number I'm on. Fifth click, I think. I start really pricing for the value that I'm giving, right? Mm -hmm. So each of these, because it's going to be scary at each click. Each click as I'm going up on this roller coaster is going to be scary as hell. But at the top, when I can say confidently and my prices reflect the value of the work that I provide, Mm-hmm. And then I get on that other side and it's like, we, I'm throwing my hands up and we're making money and I got clients and I've got people on my wait list and I got to throw my hands up, but I had to go through the anticipation and that fear first before I could get to the other side. So mm-hmm. I just say, lean into it, ride the roller coaster. Don't stop yourself from getting in line to get on that roller coaster, get on and be ready for that. Cause it's going to be scary. Right. Just knowing that like this is going to be scary. So I when I when I have that moment of fear, that's totally normal. Totally normal. And I can deal with it. And I can just take another step forward. 
and it doesn't stop. So a lot of people think, oh, these seven figure coaches or seven figure business owners, they got it all. They're always so confident. They're just as I have a few seven figure clients. They're just as scared at each new moment. The roller coaster is more than one hump, right? Mm -hmm. There's more than one hump in that roller coaster. Some of them are wheeling around upside down. You know what I mean? So think of when you think of it as a roller coaster, because I am a visual person and I always have these little things in my head. When you think about it like that, with each new thing, there's something great on the other side, but you got to go through the fear to get there. And so just leaning into that fear, which is tough, it's tough. And there are going to be some tears and there are going to be some bad days. And it's not going to be honky-dory all the time, but what is? Right. Like also giving yourself grace and believing in yourself. You are way more capable, confident, and amazing than you give yourself credit for. Every single person, I've never met a person who really truly lives into how amazing that they are. People are amazing. Like the talents that people have that they just don't even recognize as talents because it comes easily to them. Oh God, just to think about, oh, if you truly like leaned into that and started clicking up on those fear ticks to get to the other side, holy shit. Yeah. What could be on that other side? And so that's what I say like to clients, like let's think about what's on the other side. Keep that in focus, that throwing our hands up and saying we on the other side while we're going through that anticipation of what comes next. Yeah, no, that's such a great visual. I love that. (laughs) So we talked about like that moment where you already have the skills. But, you know, I also talk to people that they are thinking about becoming a podcast manager and they're probably a virtual assistant or maybe they don't have much experience in the online space. But a lot of times, I think this is super interesting. A lot of the people I talk to, they have experience doing something side hustle related. You know, maybe they tried an MLM or something else like that. And there was some sort of quote unquote failure happened. You know, it either just wasn't a good fit or there was a more like traditional failure, loss of money or whatever, who knows. And so what would you say? How could we coach ourselves through that moment where it's like, I want to try something new And this feels like it'd be such a great fit for me, but I'm afraid of maybe what other people will say because I already already announced to the world that I was a health coach, you know, or whatever. Um, That's part of my story. But, you know, I announced it or I had a a failure or something. How can we, yeah, what, what would you say? How can we coach ourselves through that moment? Right. So a lot of it is recognizing what's fact versus fiction. So are people really judging you? Do they even care as much as you do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are they even watching as closely as you think they are? Yeah. Just like social media. Like, you know, you think people are watching your every move and we're scared of cancel culture and all this other stuff. Like you've got 15 followers. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not that big of a deal, Um, but separating fact from fiction, you know, my family's going to think ill of me, but will they really? Yeah. They might have a snarky something to say, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter as much to them as it does to you. And they have one life to live as well as you do. And Mm -hmm. if you continue to live your life for other people, you're going to miss out on all the great experiences, right? So true. So a lot of it is fact and fiction. And also a lot of it is removing our ego. Ego drives a lot of what we do, right? Expensive things that we can't afford, you know, Pinterest, trying to be the Pinterest mom, Instagram is huge about, it's about ego. Every picture you see has a filter. I see you in real life. You don't even look like that. You know what I mean? So like when you start stripping away all the other stuff and you start like stripping away that ego and you think about when I get down to it, does it matter that I keep failing forward? Because eventually that failure is going to be a success or does it matter more that everybody I think I perceive is looking at me and judging me. What's at the end of that judgment? It's you feeling like shit. It's you Mm -hmm. feeling like crap. So you can keep feeling that judgment. You can keep feeling like crap. You can keep anticipating that people are going to continue to make you feel like crap. Or you can say, no matter what they say, I'm on this journey. And at the end of this journey, when I get to that place where it's perfect for me, because I've tried everything, I've tried everything. Like it's normalized in our society that you should have what it is you're supposed to be doing in college. You start at 18 years old and you have to pick a damn major. 
you can barely even drive and you got to pick a damn life, like life journey at 18. It never stops. And even when you get into like, you know, you pick something, you become a podcast manager. Maybe you get to a point where you're not the podcast manager anymore. Maybe you've got a, you know, employees that you manage that do the podcast managing, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. you've grown into something else. There's always growth. And if you're afraid and if you're letting fear guide you, as opposed to letting the anticipation be the journey, then you'll never get to the other side of that roller coaster. And so removing the ego, removing the expectation of other people to allow yourself to really truly just live into who you are and what you experience and what you expect, because that's what's really important. You come here alone, you leave here alone. All the other stuff is just noise. Yeah, it's almost like what you're saying is almost making me think of like taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, like by going on this journey of entrepreneurship and, and all of these things, you're taking care of like your needs, your your aspirations and in a way that no one else can, you know, no one else can give you the, the job and the, this and then the, that, that you were meant to have. So it's like, oh, it just, I don't know why the way that you're saying it is just making me think of it as like a way of self-care. It is. And it's also, I always say this as well. Your purpose is not your profession. Mm, okay. So whenever we think of purpose, we think about a way to make money. What's my job? That's my purpose. But it's not. The purpose is the journey. Mm. The purpose is I'm meeting all these people and changing their lives. The purpose is I get to be a mom to some amazing little girls. The purpose is I get to learn so many things about me during this journey. That's my purpose, right? And so learning about me helps me to learn to, I'm sorry, helps me to teach other people about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's my purpose. It has nothing to do with how much money I make. It has everything to do with who I am holistically, how I deal with stress. That's part of your purpose, right? And so when you remove purpose from profession and you think of it as self-care because you're being, you're becoming who you were meant to be holistically as a whole person, not just making money, right? not just as a mom or as a wife or, you know, not in these little silos in in these particular ways, but holistically becoming who I'm meant to be, feeling worthy of every single thing, understanding that a failure is actually just a way in which I'm learning. Mm -hmm. Failure is such a bad word to everybody, you know? Yeah. Not like you learn through every, think about taking a test in school. If you, you know, you get it wrong, you're going to look at that like, oh, I bet I won't get it wrong next time. You know, and so it's a learning experience as opposed to a failure. And they always say fail forward, but it's really learn forward because each time you fail, you're learning something new about yourself as well as the situation. Yeah. So holistically, take care of yourself. Your purpose is taking care of you and learning as much as you can and feeling as worthy as you can and understanding that every dream that you have, it's up to you to make it come true. Will that dream always come true in the way in which you dreamed it in the beginning? Nope. But the purpose, that in between from start to finish, you're going to learn so much. Right. That's the purpose. That's the purpose. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Hey there. I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to 
be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, and I used to think that, you know, dreams that I had, like everybody had, like my dreams were not unique. You know, like I thought like, of course, everybody wants to be a speaker. Like everyone wants to stand on the stage. It's like, no, that's actually not true. And I still have to tell myself that to this day, like when I have an idea of like, oh, that would be so cool to do this or that. I'm like, not everybody thinks this would be cool. There's a reason that I that I have this thought and this aspiration, this, you know, it is for me. It's not for everyone. That's it. It is for you. It was given to you, right? It was given. To, that's like your assignment. It's your assignment. Yeah. And once you stop saying, okay, or once you start saying the assignment that I've been given, I'm actually going to go towards it. I'm actually going to try to accomplish it. Then things start becoming aligned. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard. I mean, it's hard on you physically and mentally to keep saying, oh, everybody's, everybody feels this way. But what if I said, damn, I'm special. I'm so special. Everybody doesn't feel like this. I can even teach people how to be better at this. And it comes so naturally to me. Then you start feeling that alignment. You know, so a lot of what I do is like inner compass. Like, how does it feel to you? Because if it feels bad, it is. Yeah, things are tough. I don't mean that you won't go through the bumps. And I don't mean that things shouldn't be scary or hard. But I do mean that if you think about the other side of the roller coaster, if it still feels bad, it ain't right for you. You know? And so that inner compass, you have to always come back to center. And it is that self-care. Like self-care was a perfect word. Yeah. Uh, I, that's a, Yeah, it's, it's a different way to think about self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, so that yeah, I think that that's cool. And I love that you say, because I was thinking about this the other day, I love that you said, like, you could be in alignment and things still be hard at times. Of course, you know, they're they're hard. And we've talked about a little bit about being a mom, but I feel like that's how it is being a mom. It's like, you could be so thankful and grateful for being a mom and yet things are hard, right? And then that is the same with, you know, your career and all sorts of different things. It's like, it can be, can have its hard moments and you still feel like you're in the right spot. You're yes. still at the end of the day, you're like, I'm still in the right spot, even if it, this was a hard day. Think about working out, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you feel amazing. But half the time you don't go because you don't want to put your clothes on. You know what I mean? So like there's an uncomfortable spot and dang, I got to put my clothes on. And mm-hmm. then dang, this is hard. And they keep screaming at me. But then at the end, it's like, wow, I feel amazing. I'm so glad I did that. Mm-hmm. right there. So it's hard. Like you have to geek yourself up to do it. It's hard as crap when you're doing it. And at the end, you feel freaking amazing. Yeah. That happens in so many places in our lives. Parenthood, marriage, being a, a sister, brother, anything like, you know, any relationship, they all go through these journeys, being an employee, being a boss, doing anything pretty much. Shoot. Finding clothes. That shit's hard too. <laughs> so hard. So time consuming. Oh my goodness. Yes. So it's just, if you look at the journeys that you go on and kind of equate them to the journey that you're on right now, you can see the similarities and they stop being so, feeling so insurmountable. Mm. Now I want to talk about worthiness, which huge, huge topic, Um, but in the sense of pricing. So I love money mindset. So I know we could just like, we could talk about this all day. But let's think about the this example of like someone is they've gotten a couple clients under their belt. They have some experience. They felt comfortable pricing themselves at this like average spot, uh, not low, but this very like average spot. And it felt like it felt like they understood why someone would pay that amount. But they know now I've got more experience and I know that other people are commanding a higher rate. I know that I could increase my rate. But I'm not going to, this is the thing, I, I see people that are like, they're at, you know, a $750 monthly package. And there's this $1,000 mark that they really want to get past, right? And so they're like, but in order for me to have these higher rates, I have to add stuff on. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't have to add on. You don't need to do more. Your services are now worth more. So 
if you were talking to that person who's like in that position where they like they know they need to increase their prices, but they are no longer they they need to walk away from like the hourly mindset and walk into like the value mindset. Like what would you what would you talk to them about? So there are two things I'll say. One is that you can never price your worth. Mm. You are worthy of infinite things. So instead of saying, I'm going to price this for what I'm worth, you want to say, I'm going to price the value of the service that I provide. Many times you can price the value by like literally writing down the time that it takes for you to do it and how much cost savings that is for someone else, right? Mm -hmm. When you remove your emotion from it. So my second thing is when you remove your emotion from it. And when you stop believing that the no is about you, then pricing becomes so much easier. The no is never about you. And we fear that. So I'm going to raise my prices, but then people are going to start saying no. Ah, what does that mean about me? Does that mean that what I do, I have to start giving more? Does it mean that, you know, what I'm providing, people don't think that I'm worth that? No, no, it's not about what they think about you. It's what they think about themselves. It's about how they think about what it is that they do. It's never about you. So when you remove the no and you say, okay, I'm going to go here and truly believe in the value of the work that I provide because I know that what I do right now is worth it, right? It's worth it to me. The value of what I do is easily quantifiable. Right. I can raise my price because when I first started, I was a beginner. I didn't really know what I was doing. Now I know this like the back of my hand. Right. And so now it's not like you're learning on the job. I'm a podcast manager. My prices are this. The price is the price. But when you start putting your emotions into it and you start thinking, oh, I priced my worth. Yeah. You have never priced your worth. There is no such thing. That's literally not even a thing. You are pricing the value of the work that you provide. You are pricing for the time that it takes to do it. Think of time always. It's something that you can never get back. Mm -hmm. And experience. Yes. Yes. Someone's paying for your experience. And they're paying for the time that they get back in their lives. Right. And so you're giving them something that can never be replenished. Price it accordingly. And when you think about it in that way, it kind of changes it. Right. Because there is no return. You can always get more money, but you can never get more time. And that time that you're giving back to people is worth so much. Because if they spent that time, it would have taken them 10 times longer than it took you. They would have wasted all of that time that they could never get back. So when you think about the value of that, the price is the price. Mm -hmm. The price is the price. And going up in price should not feel bad because you're saving people time. You're saving them. But if you're increasing your time at the same price, what does that mean about the value of your time? Of the thing that you can never get back? Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think too, like sometimes we do have to think, you know, my time is valuable. And, th- you know, and, and realize, especially in the support role, to realize like, man, your time is so, so valuable, just like how your client's time is super valuable. It's something you never get back. I always say that. So like I can sit here and spend 30 hours on my Dubsado. (laughs) How (laughs) much time did I waste? Time is money too, right? But how much time did I waste when I could have spent, you know, $500 and someone could have done it in two hours? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's worth it to me. It's worth that time savings, that value that they provide to me is so worth it. Mm -hmm. Now for them to say, oh shoot, now I have to add more stuff. You really didn't because you saved me so much already. Yeah. Right. The value of it. And so they start thinking about the the no and start putting their emotions into it. Remove your emotions. That's the, the, the best thing I can tell you is remove your emotions and always understand that the no is not about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you said like, the, from the client perspective, like they don't need more from you, you know, they, 
a lot of my students know the story of how I, when I went, when I was increasing my prices at one point, I started on discovery calls telling my potential clients like, oh, well, I bring a lot of strategy to the table. And by trying to add something to my services, it just confused people. And one person, thank goodness, told me on a discovery call, I'm a seven-figure business coach or she wasn't a business coach. She was something else. But And I have a strategist. I have someone on my team who does strategy for me. I don't need you. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, it was like, whoa. Yeah. But so glad she said that because I was like, oh, she's right. I'm confusing people by saying this. And so maybe for the person listening, it's maybe they're not trying to add strategy, but they're trying to add all these bells and whistles that people just don't need. Just increase your price. Yes. And so the thing is like you try to add value, but just understand that each piece of value that you add has a cost. Mm -hmm. And each additional piece of value that you add, you should be pricing it as such. Mm -hmm. Each thing you do has a value price it as such. And you don't have to get on there and start to like, because it's really, you're just, you're waiting for the objection, right? You're trying to beat the objection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The objection is not about you. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about the value of what I'm creating or providing, it has a price. This is what I've come up with. Many times when we first do it, it might not feel good because it's scary, Mm -hmm. but it's worth this much to me because I'm worthy of getting paid whatever I say that it's worth because my time is valuable as well as my skill. Then it starts to feel more comfortable. Yeah. And it can feel really uncomfortable when we price ourselves too low. It's like we price something and we know we're like, oh, this is an easy yes for someone else because it's so low, but it feels so wrong <laughs> because it is. And you feel guilty of it because you're doing the work. And you're like, mm-hmm. really? And so, but that's, you know, you get to say, I value this more than what this price is. Mm-hmm. The value of what I'm providing is more than what I'm like, is more than what you're paying. Yeah. You get to say that. And if they say no. That's okay. Believe me, there are other people who will pay for it. Yeah. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you was in those, there's a collection of sucky moments that happens as an entrepreneur, right? So let's, so let's say that since we're kind of talking about discovery calls right now, let's say that you send a proposal to someone and they say no, or whatever this, that the sucky moment that happens. Mm -hmm how do we not make it about ourselves and how do we pull ourselves out of that sucky moment so we can move forward? A large part of that is realizing that it's not about you. And if you need that validation, you can ask the client, why? Why did you choose not to move forward? If they say it's the price, understand that the price is just not something that they are ready to pay. It does not mean anything about the value of what you're providing. And also really just sitting in the fact that you're never going to always hear yes. Mm, So true. And once you understand that and you're ready for the no, because that's a a thing that you have to get ready for as an entrepreneur. There are going to be a lot of no's. You know, if I'm a PR person and I'm pitching to get on podcasts, there are going to be so many no's before I get some yeses, right? You have to prepare yourself for no. And that a lot of that is understanding that it's not about you, but you have to be prepared because everything feels like a blow in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Everything is like, I put so much of myself into this. How could they say no? Mm. It's not about what you put into it. They have no idea what you put into it. They don't actually care. You know, people only care about what you provide to them. They don't care about all the stuff that you do behind the scenes. That's the stuff that you do. And you're, you're feeling like, oh, I'm doing all of this stuff. They have to want me. They need me, you know, but they don't see any of that stuff. All they see is this one little piece and just understand, like remove that emotion and understand that although you've been building it up to be this amazing thing, everybody won't see that value. And that's okay. Because once you start having those people who see the value, then you'll realize that the no, it's just, okay, whatever. You can move on because you know there are yeses that are coming too. Yeah. Did that answer the question? I don't even remember. What For sure. <laughs> it, it answered my question, whatever. It, it did it for me. 
Yeah, I oh, I just love that. The like anticipating the no, not in the sense of like, oh, every, you know, everyone's going to say no to me. Say no. <laughs> yeah, of course not. But the, but like if everyone's saying yes, then then you're pricing too low or something like it's just it, that's not going to happen. We would never, you know, logically, we would never expect everyone to say yes. But then at the same time, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Oh, that's so interesting to think about. Yeah, it's like it's like if you like walked into a crowd and like asked every single man in the room if they'd go on a date with you. Of course, they're not going to say everyone's not going to say yes. But if they say no, you're like, ouch, that still hurts. <laughs> and what I always say, so I and I tell my clients this and people who I like, um, I say it on Instagram sometimes. I'm not for everybody. And mm. I know that as a person. I'm not for everybody. So as a coach, I know that I'm not for everybody. And so going in with that, feeling that, understanding that I'm not for everybody, but for the people that I'm for, I'm going to help the crap out of them. I'm going to serve the crap out of them. They're going to get all of what I have and they're going to come out feeling amazing. And for your podcast managers, their clients are going to come out feeling relieved because that's one less thing they have to worry about. That's something that they really want that someone is able to deliver to them. That in of itself is something that keeps me going, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm serving people. And so that service is the lead. It's not, so a a lot of, I was just listening to Stacey Bowman and um, she was talking about when you make your offer, a lot of times there's desperation in that offer. Mm. I have to make money. You know, I have to do these certain things. And so there's desperation behind it. But when you remove that desperation and you just think about, oh, I'm serving these people and they're going to get the best and they're going to feel so relieved and I'm helping them like that help. When you start leading with that help and stop thinking about the desperation behind it. Oh, I have to get clients or I'm not considered a podcast manager, which I'll say this to that. Clients don't make you anything. Mm. Just like I'm a doctor, you're still a doctor, even if you haven't seen the first client. Yeah. I'm sorry, the first patient. You're still a doctor, even though you haven't seen the first patient. Clients don't make you anything. Clients pay you. (laughs) Clients are who you serve. But that doesn't make you a podcast manager. You make you a podcast manager. I am a podcast manager. I have developed these skills. So I am that person. Once I get clients, that just means that I have a business now. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not or I am. It just means that I have a business, right? Mm-hmm. And so just like thinking of these different ways of farming yourself, because that's huge, like affirming who you are, really looking at who you are, really sitting with, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses accepting those as weaknesses. It's all right. It's okay to feel bummed every time you hear a no. But if you stay stuck there, and if you feel like every time I get on here, I'm going to hear a no, you will. Because people are going to feel that energy. So yeah, that's... (laughs) And people feel that energy of that desperation you were just talking about. You know, so when you're, when you can remove that, I love that. When you can remove that and just say like, hey, like, you know, I'm a podcast manager for hire. You know, you just kind of walk in like, yes. you know, I have room for clients. And so if if I'm the right fit, great. And that's what a discovery call is all about. You know, there can be all of this, like these heavy, um, heavy feelings around discovery calls. It's like, oh, I got to sell myself. Yeah. No, you have to just like present yourself for, you're not really presenting yourself, but like you're, you're presenting your business, you're presenting your service as it is. Yep. And like you're, like you're saying, you know, they could be a good fit. They could not be a good fit. You're going to figure that out. And then you're going to move forward with whatever, whatever it is. And go into that discovery call and not think of it as a sales call, Mm -hmm. not thinking of it as I'm pitching my offer, but think of it as I'm helping you. I'm serving you. This is how I can help you. They get to choose if they want help. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if you think of it as I'm coming to you, I know there are people who need this. Who are the people who are struggling? And this is what they need. I'm talking to you right now. This is what you need, right? And I'm talking to the things that you need because I've got the solution. Mm -hmm. I'm offering help. Now it's up to them if they want to take the help. Mm -hmm. But you've offered help. And it's not me. It's not me. Oh man, I got, I need to make $50,000. 
you're my, you're on the road to my 50,000, you know, because when people feel that. Right. Oh gosh. And that, yeah. And like, I think sometimes that like gets people excited, like, you know, the individual that's doing it is like that motivates them. But oh, as soon as I do that with business, I'm like, this is the person I need for this goal. It's like, oh gosh, that just, it sucks the fun out for me. It does. And it should be fun. And you should feel like you're serving people and you should feel like you're helping. Helping like in this service industry, helping is what you lead with, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's the excitement in it. Like you get to say like, you turn something in and they're like, oh man, this is amazing. You just helped the crap out of somebody. That feels amazing. Leave that feeling. Yeah. Like if, if I go into a call and I'm geeked about how I can serve them and how I can help them, I mean, really, the no is not about you. Because if that other person is not geeked along with you, they weren't ready for it. Yeah. And they might even get on on the call with you and see like how much together you have your shit and realize, oh, I'm not ready to take my podcast this seriously. And they're, they're, maybe they're feeling some limiting beliefs of like, you know, when I hire her, I'm really committing to myself as a podcaster. What, you know, there's, they could be having a ton of thoughts in their head like that, where because you are like such a great, because your offer is so good or whatever. Yes, absolutely. That's why I say like, it's 99.9% of the time, not about you at all. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. And some people really can't afford it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay too, right? But there are a lot of people who are just dealing with the limiting belief, the objection in their own head, the fear of the responsibility, the, you know, there's so many things that come up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, this has been so, 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 so good. How can everyone connect with you after this show? Yes. So right now, because my website is like in limbo, (laughs) it's coming, but it isn't there anymore. Yeah, I love Um, it. You can reach me on Instagram. I'm at Hey Coach Lana. And my name is spelled L-A-N-A. Um, So reach out to me on Instagram. Send me a DM. I'm on Facebook as Lana Hernandez, but I don't really Facebook very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so reach out to me. Um, I would love to serve you if you need help with your mindset and to feel empowered because I want every single person out here to know that every dream that you've got, you can accomplish it. The only thing standing in your way is you. Mm. And uh, I don't think we talked about this. Are you, Do you do like one-on-one coaching or what is it that you... I do. So um, right now I have three one-on-one coaching spots for you guys. Yay. (laughs) Yes, I do one-on-one coaching. Um, I have 12-week one-on-one coaching and it's a weekly call with me. It's got Voxer access and it's transformative. So if you are looking for a mindset and empowerment coach, I do have spots open. You can find me again at Hey Coach Lana on Instagram. Awesome. We will definitely tag that in the show notes so that people can find you easily. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show today. This has been so good. This is so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.